Hi there. My name is David Dollar, and welcome back to the Magic Under Dollar podcast. Now, if you close your eyes, you can think of maybe Peter Pan flying through the sky, second star on the left, straight until morning, Tinkerbell's in tow, spreading pixie dust, and maybe think uh, Mickey Mouse doing the Fantasia thing with the Sorcerer's Apprentice. There's our theme song, for right now, anyway. And so, we are back. Welcome back to the Magic Under Dollar podcast, and right off the top of the show, I have to tell you, guys... Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, the uh, the response to the first episode was overwhelming. Um, I was hoping for, and I and people can a few people can attest to this. I would tell people, you know, if I could just get like a hundred downloads, man, that'd be awesome. I could build on that, or you know, one hundred and fifty, maybe just one hundred and fifty people listening to my show, that would be awesome. And uh, it's it was far more than that. And I will just tell you that it's been fantastic. So thank you so much for listening to the show thank you for subscribing to the show thank you for downloading to the show thank you for all the great response i've gotten for sharing everything that you have done to help this show in its very very beginning thank you so much and i'm going to come back every week and try to give you some disney fun some disney news some disney information and just tell some disney stories i want this to be a magical conversation in a podcast form and that's why we're here so again, I am David Dollar. I am a magical Disney travel planner. Uh, I am affiliated with Paradise Falls Travel Company. I do a lot of Disney stuff, so let's go ahead and get – I'll knock the, the ad out real quick. Um, I do Disney travel planning, and I would love to help you plan your Disney vacation. Um, magiconadollar at gmail.com. Contact me there if you have ideas. If you're like, I want to go on a trip. I don't know where to start. Or I want to go on a trip, and I do know where to start. I just don't have time to plan it. Can you do it for me? But maybe you're listening thinking, you know, I've already been to Disney World this year. I've already been to Disneyland. I want to go to Jamaica. I want to go overseas. I want to go to Putacana. I want to go to various other places that don't have Mickey Mouse running around. I, mean, I, I don't know why you would even think that, but it might happen. And if that's the case, you can also email me as well or email Paradise Falls uh, Travel Co. Um, visit that on visit that actually on the web, paradisefallstravelco.com. A great, great team that will help you get all over the world. Uh, so there's my travel agency stuff right there right off the top. Again, this is not an infomercial for my travel company. Or this is not an infomercial for travel planning. This is Disney fun. So that's the advertisement. Let's get on with the show. How about kicking this off now with Around the World in 80 Seconds? Now, last year, last year, last week, I didn't actually have enough news to last 80 seconds. So if you go back and listen... I kind of actually stretched out the news a little bit, and I was like, and that's your news around the world in the 80s. That lasts like five seconds because I was out of a stuff. This week, I've got plenty of stuff. So this is kind of kind of be the, the Disney news that we won't hit all the rest of the show, just kind of some quick highlights. So let's start around the world in 80 seconds right now. The Disney Dream, which is a big, fat cruise ship in the Disney Cruise Line, hit a pier. Hit a pier in the Bahamas as it was docking. It kind of crashed into a pier. Um, didn't sink the ship. Don't worry. There's no Titanic thing happening there. No headboard with Minnie Mouse laying on it while Mickey's laying in the in the freezing cold water, even though there's room. Hashtag Titanic. Um, it, it's, there's, a, there's a dent in the hull, which it will be repaired. It's not a big deal. I say it's not a big deal. It's, it's not nearly as bad as it could have been. But for whatever reason, it hit a pier. So everything's good. They're fixing it. Great. Um... Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party on October 31st is sold out. So if you are planning on going to that Halloween party on Halloween night uh, for that extra ticketed event, it will not be available because you are not there. However, if you are in the military, you can get tickets. Just walk up and purchase tickets there at the place. Um, they do allow tickets for the military on the day you purchase. 
Looking now, Star Wars Galactic Knights returning to Hollywood Studios on December 16th. It is a separately ticketed event, and I might talk about that sometime in a future episode. Um, but it's a wonderful event there. Uh, last April, they had a great event. This time around, they're doing it in December. Galactic Knights coming. Holiday filming on November 3rd through November 7th for the holiday parade. and uh, no, Excuse me, the holiday filming stuff, the holiday Christmas stuff. No parade this year at Walt Disney World. The parade will be at Disneyland. It's not ticketed for guests, however. Cast members will make up the audience. That's your, that is all of your news around the world in 80 seconds. So let's uh, let's get on some other stuff here. I want to got a whole list of things I want to tell you all about. And I want to just I kind of feel like we're sitting in a room here, and maybe I'm sitting on the couch, and you're sitting across in the chair, and we're just chatting about Disney, and I'm just going to do all the talking for 30 minutes because you know that's what that's me. I like to hear myself talk. Right off the top of the show, though, I do want to tell you that. Um, and, and when I say this, this is, this is going to sound kind of funny, but uh, uh, this is not a political show, and it never will be a political show. And I say that so that way you don't think I'm going to veer off into a strange direction when I tell you this. I do want to send out uh, some thoughts and some prayers and some good vibes and some juju and everything else and whatever you believe in. I know what I believe in. I want to send it out to the families of Carrie Barnett and Jessica Malam. They are two cast members, uh, one Carrie – uh, Carrie tragically lost her life in the uh, Las Vegas shooting of him a few weeks ago. She was a 10-year cast member at California Adventure. Jessica Milan was injured. I don't know if she's still in the hospital or not. I know for a while it was kind of sketchy for her, but uh, but thoughts, prayers, vibes, positive everything out to them and to all the families of the shooting. Um, it was a big deal. It was really a really a black mark on our nation, and I uh, just want to. Just want to mention them because of the Disney connection there. So Carrie Barnett, uh, Jessica Malam, and the rest of the victims, and all the loved ones, and everybody affected by it. There's so many people affected by it. So, so that's that. Just wanted to mention that real quick as the show really gets kicked off. So here's some other news that we'll have a little more time to talk about. I want to kind of just run through some things real quick for you. Disney canceling the Jack and the Beanstalk movie. Now they have done some. Uh, like Tangled is a great example of what I'm what what this actually is. Tangled is the Rapunzel story, and uh, they did kind of a, their own little take on Rapunzel. They were going to do their own little take on Jack and Jack and the Beanstalk. This was going to be a Disney animated feature, not a Pixar feature. And they were going to call it Gigantic, and it was supposed to come out 2019, 2020, something like that, and they have canceled it. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know. I will tell you that uh, a couple of years ago, um, they were set to make a, a film on the Book of Life, and I don't know the Spanish language translation of it. I'm not even going to try to say it, um, but a movie came out a few years ago called The Book of Life, which was the same kind of concept. Pixar was looking at doing something like that, and The Book of Life came out, and they said, well, we can't do that now, so they scrapped it. It eventually turned into what we're going to see as Coco, which is coming up in a month or so. It's the next Pixar animated film coming out, Coco. That was the Book of Life, and now it's Coco. Um, similar things have happened, of course, with uh, Disney. They actually had a, a movie ten years ago, eight years ago, called Newt, and it was about the last two salamanders on Earth, the last two newts on Earth. But uh, another movie came out called Rio, where it was the last two blue macaws on Earth. And so Disney thought, you know what? Maybe we don't need to copy them, so they scrapped that as well. And that's what they're doing with Gigantic. I don't know if somebody else is coming out with another film. I know several Jack and the Beanstalk-type films have come out uh, recently in recent years. I don't know what the cause is, but they are scrapping it, which is kind of sad because I was kind of looking forward to that. They made that announcement. A D23 is one of the movies coming up. But um, that's gone, so who knows? Uh, a Walt Disney World Stitch meet and greet. Now, there's a ride. Was it, there was an attraction there called uh, called Alien Encounter. Stitch's well, Alien Encounter was there was there uh, for several years, and it was this dark ride where you go in and you sit down. The hardness comes over you, and you're ste- seated the whole time. The whole the auditorium or the it's not really a car or a ride. It's like a big circle basically. You go in, you sit down, and 
and this big circular uh, row of seats, and the place goes dark, and this alien has escaped, and this it was, it was kind of cool, but it was kind of creepy, and kids didn't like it, and Disney doesn't like to put things in there that the whole family can't enjoy. This is not Halloween Horror Nights. This is not Crazy Haunted House places from other places. This is a family place, so they want to make sure that everything can, can be enjoyed by all people. Uh, even before that, I want to say... Wasn't the timekeeper? There was another ride before that. Somebody can let me know. Um, email me. Let me know. Um, but they took that out and they put in Stitch's Great Escape. Stitch's Great Escape was the same concept ride. You go in and you have the harness come over you. The place goes dark. Stitch, you hear Stitch all over the place. He's bouncing, and the harness will actually bounce on your shoulders. And you'll hear Stitch go bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. And you, for everybody, you're thinking, "Oh, he's bouncing on my shoulders." And you hear the breath on your on your neck, and you hear he's screaming in your ear. And of course, it's set up to where everybody is feeling the same thing. Um, the ride smells like chili dogs. It's not a fun ride. It's not a fun attraction. It's not really a ride at all. You just sit there while Stitch escapes, and then. You see some bad animation, and just it's not to knock Disney, but I was never really a fan of that particular attraction. Mostly when you walk, when you walk in, it smells like chili dogs, and I know this for a fact because I told a family the very same thing. They went down, they came back, and they said, "You know what, chili dogs? That's exactly what we smelled." My kid said, "Hey, I smell chili dogs." So anyway, having said all that unnecessarily, um, they have now put in a meet and greet with Stitch, which the queue itself is actually kind of cool. It was the attraction itself, the ride itself, which wasn't very fun. Um, so there's now a Stitch meet and greet in there. I don't know what are the characters besides Stitch. I don't know if it's going to be Lilo or Pleakley or Jamba or Mr. Bubbles or whoever. But Stitch will be meeting, meeting and greeting there now. I don't have any words to whether they've shut the attraction down completely. For a while, it was actually only open seasonally. Like the busy times, they would open it. That's a ride that's called – little Disney lingo here for you. That's a ride called a people feeder or a people eater. And what that means is it's a ride that will hold a lot of people at one time um, because if – that ride is full. That means that's you know 300 people who aren't out in the middle of the uh, the middle of the, the walkways walking from ride to ride, um, you know, clogging up the works. Right, big rides that hold a lot of people at one time. Those are called people eaters, and that's what that was. It would hold a lot of people at one time. So I don't know if they're going to open it up again. If the attraction is going to come back. If they'll go, they'll open them both. I have no idea. But it's now a stitch meet and greet. Did you see the new Star Wars trailer? Holy my goodness. It came out a couple of nights ago. My friends and I actually met at the at the theater to purchase our Star Wars The Last Jedi tickets uh, because we are nerds like that. I got my ticket for not only the 9.30 showing of the movie, but I actually have it for the 6 o'clock fan event. Uh, paid a lot of money for a ticket that I'll get a bag of swag, which basically means probably a poster and a keychain or something like that. But I'll be able to see, say that I saw it first before you guys, which means I saw it like an hour before the regular show times. So really, I, I really spent the money I shouldn't have spent. But uh, the trailer looks amazing. You can go online, go on YouTube and find it. I'm sure it's got 40 bajillion hits by now. Um, a lot of things in the trailer. I don't want to try to dissect that trailer at all. I don't really know what I'm looking at in terms of – I know the characters in the story, but I don't really know what's happening there, and I haven't seen the fine points yet. I do know that Princess Leia looks like she's distressed, and – I'm afraid that Kylo Ren is going to do something bad. Um, anyway, that's your nerd talk. Uh, Epcot, the Food and Wine Festival, rolls on this week. Uh, Eat to the Beat, and I like mentioning this too because uh, they have a theater there, an amphitheater there at Epcot, and they do performances there where uh, bands from the 80s and 90s and even some 70s will come there and they will perform. And, and um, there's a lot of modern stuff. Postmodern Jukebox will be there this week, and they're the ones that, have, that take like jazzy takes on current hits. 
um, including All About That Bass, which is one of my favorite songs that they do. They do an incredible version of All About That Bass uh, by Megan Trainer. It's just fun and it's classy and it's jazzy and the cello and the piano and you got the lady with the great voice and just it's awesome. 10,000 Maniacs will also be performing. Um, they are, of course, known for it Because of the Night and a few other songs from the 90s. And Toad the Wet Sprocket will be there towards the end of this week that you're listening. Um, I think the October 21st through 22nd, they'll be doing All I Want and Walk on the Ocean and the Good Intention song. And I, I love me some Toad. I grew up in the 90s. 90s music is my jam. So Toad the Wet Sprocket's right up my alley. I wish I could go down there and see them. That would be fantastic. But uh, but they'll be performing at the at the uh, uh, Eat to the Beat series at Epcot, the Food and Wine Festival. If you have a chance to go to Epcot, visit the Food and Wine Festival. It's wonderful. I won't really get into it now because I don't want to try to cram so much stuff into this show that I'm just pinging all over the place. But uh, um, but that's kind of your, some of your hot topics here. Of course, Jungle Book this week is celebrating 50 years. 50 years old on October the 18th. Jungle Book will be 50 years old or since it's released 50 years ago. Now, another podcast that I listen to, uh, I don't listen to it every week. I, I do apologize to Steve and Teresa, but the, po- the podcast is called Disney Vault Talk. And it's a podcast where these two Disney-loving hosts – they basically go through movie by movie, and they've gone through every Disney movie, uh, every animated film, all the way up to recently. I think they one of the last ones they did was Tangled or maybe Wreck-It Ralph. Or they, they're, they're Big Hero 6. They're caught up pretty much. Um, but the March 13th, 2015 episode is The Jungle Book, and it's a fun episode. They kind of go through the history, the story. They tell stories behind the scenes of the making of it and you know Walt Disney involved and things like that. So go check that, that podcast out, Disney Vault Talk. And I know some people are – they kind of are just – cringing at the idea that one podcast would promote another but you know there's enough disney fans for everybody so that's okay so go take check out disney vault talk in uh, the jungle book episode and also you can look on itunes and see all their other episodes as well um also this week a big deal on uh, october the 19th it might be the 20th i'm seeing various reports but october 19th or 20th 1965 the orlando sentinel released the newspaper and the headline was simply said something to the effect of disney buying land now, what does that mean? Uh, this is going to be kind of the history part of our little story here. I want to kind of get into some history stuff because I love Disney history. I do. I love Disney history. I'm an am, I'm an amateur Disney historian because just the the scope of what Walt Disney and the company has done, we take it for granted. We go to Walt Disney World, and it is a it is a it's a it's an area the size of Manhattan. It is not a small place, and I know a lot of people, and this is not dissing on anybody this is not downing anybody for what they know and what they don't know so please understand me i'm not making fun of anybody when i say this mm-hmm. but i do get a lot of comments from from clients from families when i'm talking about disney world that i can tell they don't fully understand what disney world is and how big it is especially first time people because i didn't know when i went i had no idea i'll tell my disney story maybe in a couple episodes from now but I had no clue. I actually, when I was seven, the first time I ever visited Disney World, and I thought, because Epcot was being was half built at that time, and I thought, well, oh well, um, you know, the entire Epcot park is in that ball, having no concept of what Epcot actually was and what it was supposed to be. And again, that's probably another topic for another episode. But I did want to kind of look at kind of some history of Walt Disney, Walt Disney World, and Magic Kingdom specifically, because that was the first park uh, opened on October first, nineteen seventy one, which we're celebrating its birthday now. I guess two weeks ago was it's kind of forty. Sixth birthday, do the math, or 46th birthday, hashtag mathing. Um, Walt Disney World is an area the size of Manhattan. You got four theme parks, two water parks, numerous golf courses, 30 resorts, 29, 30 resorts, a ton of resorts. Um, the thing was, in Walt Disney, when Disneyland opened in 1955, only 5% of visitors were coming from east of the Mississippi. So Walt Disney was like, well, we've got a problem here because we got all these people at Disneyland. 
we need some people from, from the other side of the country to come to our park. And he thought, well, maybe we should build a park elsewhere, build another park. Because what was happening was they put the, the Disney park right there in Anaheim, uh, which is great. Um, and the stories of the opening day of Disneyland are just amazing. Some of the stories that happened, some of the crazy things that happened that day. And maybe, well, maybe we'll get into that sometime in another episode as well. I keep teasing all these new episodes coming up. So make sure you listen. Keep listening, good folks. Um, but he, he, what he was discouraged by was that you could see businesses from 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 Disneyland, and the problem was uh, he's a storyteller. That's not a problem. That's not the problem. But he is a storyteller. He is somebody who wants a full story. And he wants that immersion. He wants you to walk into this fantasy world known as Disneyland, and you walk in, you don't see the outside world, you don't see anything. Problem was, you're on Dumbo's flying flying elephants, and you look over when you're kind of on the top there. Uh, when you look over, there's a Phillips 76 gas station sign. Or, you know, maybe you're riding the Matterhorn, and as the Matterhorn car comes out of the mountain, you look out and you see, you know, a whole lot of whatever. You see, like, gas stations and billboards, things like that. And it takes you out of the moment because here you are in this fantastical, magical, beautiful world of fantasy and dreams and hopes and wishes and celebrations. And all of a sudden, there's a billboard for a lawyer's office or something. I, I, I don't know what the billboards were saying in 1955, but. Something like that. Um, you know, and it just takes you out of it. You're like, oh, look, there's the real world. And that's one of the things I, I, I love stressing to people. I think something that people don't understand when they're looking at staying on property versus staying off property at Disney World is there is a Disney bubble there. And if you stay off property, you lose that bubble. And I don't, I don't try to talk people into anything. I mean, they want to do what they want to do. And I kind of give them the, the information to make the right you know, assessment. But one thing is you lose that Disney bubble when you when you go off property. And I've done that before, gone off property for something, go to a store, go to Walmart or Publix or supermarket or whatever, and all of a sudden it just looks it feels different. Like you all of a sudden you're in the real world. And Walt Disney knew that. He wanted something different for that. So he started thinking, let's build a park somewhere else. Let's build another Disneyland. So they would take airplane rides, they would take flights, they would take uh, you know, tours, ground tours or whatever. They looked at Missouri, they looked at Virginia, they looked at all sorts of different places. One place they looked at was flying over Central Florida. Now, 1965, Central Florida was a swamp. It was a swamp, and that's something that a lot of people don't know. Disney World is built on top of a swamp. I mean, it really is. If you dig down far enough, you're gonna you're gonna hit like you know muck and mire and swamp and alligators. Um, one of the reasons, one of the things, or one of the ways you know this actually is when they were doing Toy Story Land. They're still building Toy Story Land, but they actually took forever, uh, months and months and months to clear the land. Why? Because they had to move a swamp. They had to move swampland out of the way to put something brand new there. Disney World itself, Magic Kingdom, actually is built on the second story. That first story is 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 in like the swamp, basically. Um, and so they had to, you know, it, it's perfect swampland. And because it's swampland, it was cheap. And they were like, well, you know what? Let's go buy some cheap land. Let's do Florida. Let's do Central Florida. And uh, so what he did was. You know, he met with his guys. He met with uh, uh, Joe Fowler and a couple of other people. And, and I don't – the names off the top of my head, they're, they're failing me. I should know their names, but I don't. But there's several guys he kind of consulted with about building waterways and clearing land and building parks things like that. But he knew that if he went in there and said, hey, I'm Walt Disney. I'm going to buy land here. People would say, oh, well, you really want this land. You're rich, so how about I sell you this land for $1,000 an acre? He couldn't do that because that would bankrupt the company buying it at that price because you're talking a whole lot of land he was purchasing. So – he built these – he created these brand new, I guess, dummy corporations as you would call them. Reedy Creek is a dummy corporation. Um, 
the I-4 Corporation, A-Y-E-F-O-U-R, I-4, off Interstate I-4 because it's right, – Interstate I-4 runs through there. The I-4 Corporation, the Latin American Development and Management Company, um, the Reedy Creek Ranch Corporation. There were several dummy corporations that were built, and they would go in as these corporations, and they would purchase little bits of land here and there, and I'm making these numbers up just for effect, but they would go in and buy you know, 100 acres of land here. And 50 acres there and 400 acres there, just a little piece at a time here and there as these different corporations. And there were like six or seven dummy corporations, so don't just take those three. There was a lot more. Um, so he would go through and buy these little, little bits of land, and and I've heard reports as low as $10 an acre uh, for some of this land because it's just that cheap. It's swamp land. What are you going to do with it? And, and you, know, you walk into a farmer and say, hey, I want to buy you know 100 acres at 50 bucks an acre. The farmer's going to say, okay, it's swamp. Have at it. Take it. And so they went out and bought all this land, um, and in the meantime, they were trying to keep it secret. They had to keep it secret. Real estate agents who were buying this land for these companies did, had no idea Disney was even behind it. They had no clue. Well, word got out that a lot of this land was being purchased. So some people kind of put two and two together. They started thinking to themselves, well, somebody's buying this land. Who is buying this land? Um, several corporations are buying it, but you know, could it be one person under several names? What's happening? Rockefeller was mentioned. Um, you know, Henry Ford and the Ford family were mentioned. Howard Hughes was mentioned. Remember, this is 1965, um, and so a lot of a lot of places were a lot of people were speculating who could it be buying on this land. And Orlando Sentinel actually put an article out in May 1965 saying, you know, there's a rumor out there that Disney is building the East Coast Disneyland, but it also you know said, hey, we uh, we don't really have this as accurate information because we're not sure. A few weeks ago, a few weeks before that, Disney Walt Disney had given an interview saying, well, we're not going to buy land anywhere else because we've just sunk fifty million dollars into Disneyland, so we have no interest in building anything else anywhere else right now. So they took that as gospel, and okay, so be it. Um, and so they kept buying this land for eight, ten, fifteen, twenty, you know, fifty dollars an acre, but. October the uh, the nineteenth this week actually nineteen sixty five, an editor named Emily from the Sentinel Orlando Sentinel visited Disneyland during the park's tenth anniversary celebration and had an interview with Walt Disney, and she came out straight out flat out asked him, "Hey, are you buying all the land here?" Two things happened. One, he had a very surprised look on his face, a very shocked look on his face that she would ask that. And two, he made a very, he gave a very, very vague answer. I don't know what the answer is right off the top of my head. Um, she says that she later described it. Disney looked like I had threw a, thrown a bucket of water in his face when I asked that question. So right then and there, she thought, aha, Disney is buying this land. And it was kind of hard to deny it at that point because Walt Disney was, yeah, he knew he was caught. So the next day, Orlando put out Sentinel put out a, a, a put out a newspaper that basically said Disney buying land. Well, you know what happened? The free market works like it works, and prices shot through the roof. So while they were buying land for eight, fifteen, twenty dollars an acre, suddenly it was eight and nine hundred dollars an acre. As a matter of fact, they paid more for the last ten percent of land they purchased than they did the entire first ninety percent of land they purchased. It was that crazy because prices went through the roof. At that time though, thankfully, Disney had bought nearly everything they had purchased. So they only had a little bit more. They had, you know, the ten percent more or so to do it. And so um so they were able to build Walt Disney World. Uh, they they wanted to re- kind of publicly reveal it a few months later, but after the Sentinel story came out, uh, Disney talked to the governor, uh, Governor Burns at the time, and so he announced it and said, hey, it's, it's coming out. So unfortunately, however, Walt Disney passed away in 1966. The next year, as the park was getting under construction, of course, they had to clear swampland. Um, you also have to think, too, how incredible – how incredible Walt Disney World actually is just as a, as a, as a landmark. 
Um, because again, you're you're talking about the size of San Francisco, the size of Manhattan. Nothing was really swamp, and I'm sure there were some communities, maybe some houses, some islands, whatever. But they had to clear all of that out. They cleared all of it out. Okay, all of it had to get moved. They had to build a theme park. This wasn't like building a land. This wasn't like building a ride. This wasn't like building anything. You had to build a theme park. They actually built Cinderella's Castle first, and Walt Disney instructed that to happen because he wanted the construction workers to look out and see Cinderella's Castle. They completed Cinderella's Castle first before just about anything else got, got done or even halfway done because he wanted the workers to look and see Cinderella's Castle and see the inspiration and pull inspiration from that, to see that, to say this is what we're building. We're building a dream world. A fantasy world. The castle's right there. We want to we want to build around that. So the castle was built first. You can actually find pictures on, online of this mass land of construction with this beautiful castle sitting right in the middle of it. It's really really cool. He died of lung cancer in uh, 1966 in December. So Roy Disney, his brother, business partner, uh, was like, "I'm not going to retire. I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to postpone my retirement." So he did. Um, Held a press conference in 1967 and uh, was looking at Walt Disney World, was looking at Disney, um, was looking at Epcot as well and kind of opened up some Epcot ideas because Epcot had been on the board for a long time. The Epcot we know now is nothing like the Epcot that we knew, that we were going to know if Walt and Roy had, had their vision. Um, and so it's kind of fun. If you look up Epcot history, and again, that's another episode, Epcot history, what it was supposed to be and what it is now, completely vastly different. But uh, they went ahead and they, they, I mean, they, built the, um, they built the theme park and opened up in 1971. Really interesting, too, because it was going to be called Disney World. And Roy Disney went out um, a few days before the opening day, a few days before October 1st, spent a ton of money, an exorbitant amount of money, getting the name of the park and the place changed. Uh, getting all the deeds changed, getting all the signatures signed, getting everything done to change it from Disney World to Walt Disney World. He said, um, basically, and he did this to honor his brother. He said, everyone has heard of Ford cars, but have they all heard of Henry Ford who started it? I wanted Walt Disney World to be in memory of a man who started everything so people will know his name, Walt Disney, as long as Walt Disney World is here. It's a really cool story, and I'll stop there with the Walt Disney World history uh, so you'll kind of kind of lead up to that point there. But um, they had to it's, – it's amazing to think about. I mean the waterways themselves, just about every bit of water that's there at Walt Disney World is man-made. Um, they had to basically build an entire irrigation system. They built hotels. It was the uh, the Polynesian and Contemporary were the hotels that were built right there around the Magic Kingdom. Now, of course, it's it's all land. It's all you know. Uh, at that time, it was one park with a couple of hotels and a whole bunch of wilderness. Basically, they were going to build on which you know, Epcot came later, and then Hollywood Studios and more more hotels and Animal Kingdom and so on until what we have now. Um, They've only used about 40% of their land. They have only used maybe 30 to 40%. I don't even think 40%. That's that much left of the land they purchased. Uh, they've, they've sold some back. They've kind of given some away here and there, donating some. They've also said, too, that they will – they have set aside about 30% of their land to never be touched for conservation purposes. They don't want it to be just this entire mecca of just buildings and rides and theme parks. They wanted to make sure that they, you know, there is some wilderness there, and there is. If you ever go to Walt Disney World, you'll be able to – you know. Drive around, and I actually had a client ask me, "Can you see the park from my hotel?" And you can't. You can't really see anything from a lot of the hotels, other than you know just what's around you, because it's very spaced out. 
the Magic Kingdom hotels, obviously, yes, the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, the the Wilderness Lodge, um, the Contemporary. You can look at and see there there's there's a uh, there's a Magic Kingdom, and some of the hotels are built around Epcot, but a lot of the hotels you can't see the parks. You have to visit, you have to get onto a bus or drive to the other parks because it's so spaced out. And that's the way Walt Disney World wanted it. That's where Walt wanted his Disney World to be. You go to you know, Magic Kingdom or you go to wherever, and you're looking out and you're not seeing you're not seeing billboards and signs and gas stations and car dealerships and things like that. You're immersed in this Disney bubble and you're there forever. Granted, if you go on Everest at Animal Kingdom or you go in Tower of Terror and look at, you can probably see in the distance the real world. Those are things I don't know that they anticipated and it, it still works. It's just fine. If you're getting on, if your your vacation is ruined because you can look out and, you know, from Everest and see, oh my gosh, I see a, a housing community. You know, it, maybe you should rethink your vacation. But that's uh, that's a little bit of history there for the Magic Kingdom. Kind of wanted to go over that for you. If you ever have a chance to take the Keys to the Kingdom tour in Disney World, do it. It's about hundred dollars a person. It's not cheap, um, but it's completely worth it. It's a four hour tour. No, close to six hours. You are given a cast member. Um, they, t- they take you as a group, and they walk around. They show you the Utilidors, which is below, down below, the, the famed Disney Underground. Uh, and the reason that exists is because they – Walt Disney World – Walt Disney – I keep saying Disney World. Walt Disney would go to Disneyland, and he would see somebody in a Tomorrowland costume walking through Frontierland. And he thought, well, that that ruins the story. So they built this entire underground tunnel system under the Magic Kingdom. So you actually can, you know, if you're in Tomorrowland and you have a shift over in uh, Adventureland, you go downstairs, down below, you can change your clothes, walk the tunnels to Frontierland, come back up in an entirely new costume. Um, you know, garbage is sent down to these things. Um, you know, stock room stuff like that. They they have a lot of stock stuff down there. They all the all the cast member stuff is down kind of below. That's just in that park. They don't have this in other parks. But the keys of the kingdom tour will take you through that. They will take you through some backstage stuff, show you some secrets, show you some behind the behind the scenes kind of stuff. It's fascinating. It depends on your your cast member. I've been on it twice. One cast member I got was kind of a young guy, and he was basically like, "I've been here ten years. Ask me anything." And he was kind of more of a marketing guy, more of a pop culture guy. Story about this, story about that, whatever. Um, the first time I took it, I had a, an, a little old lady named Claire. She's probably in her sixties, and and she was just as precocious. She was as cute as a bucket of puppies. Um, and she was basically introducing history, and everything had history behind it, which was wonderful. She was just pointing out the history behind this, the history behind that. Here's the history behind the Haunted Mansion. Here's the history behind the Jungle Cruise. Here's the history of all these things, and it was I was just soaking up like a sponge, and I'm like, I want to take you home with me so I can sit and talk to you over coffee for like the next six hours. She was wonderful. So Keys of the Kingdom Tour, take that tour if you ever have a chance. Um, that's that's We've now kind of taken up uh, about 30 minutes of your time here, so I think I'm going to kind of shut this thing down for episode number two. Um, sponsored, as always, by MyResumeLady.com. If you're looking for a brand new job, you're looking for a better job than the job that you have, you're thinking, I want to do better, uh, visit MyResumeLady.com. Amy Campbell and her team have over nine years of building resumes, building LinkedIn profiles, working on marketing uh, for people, uh, helping them get better jobs. Hundreds of people have better jobs now, thanks to MyResumeLady.com. Amy Campbell has forgotten more about LinkedIn than most of us will ever learn. She's amazing. She's a genius. So give her a call, MyResumeLady.com. Tell her David Dollar sent you. Um, you know, maybe she'll give you a high five, and who knows? Uh, so yeah, visit her over there. Uh, producer of the show, Clay Shaver, host of the Remodeling Clay podcast. Big shout out to him. This show would not happen were it not for his help. His podcast drops every Thursday morning. Uh, the Remodeling Clay podcast. Um, find it on iTunes. Find it on uh, Stitcher and Google Play and wherever finer podcasts are sold. It's a great little piece of. Uh, 
uh, you know, best version of you. It's self-encouragement. It's um, it's a little snarky, a little funny. Um, he's, a, he's a good guy, and he does a good podcast. So visit that. Finally, I also have a podcast as well called The Deuce Cast Movie Show. I'd love for you guys to take a download, take a listen. Uh, me and a couple other guys, we talk about movies. Sometimes we talk about Disney movies. Sometimes we talk about other movies and, and whatever. But uh, that's The Deuce Cast Movie Show. So there, uh, there you go. That is everything I think I need to tell you guys. Uh, my information real quick, www.magiconadollar.com. That is my website address. Now, I will – let me pull back the curtain. Pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm still working on the website. So when you go there, there are still some things that need to need, need to happen um, to the website. So please don't get mad. I'm still working on putting show notes up. I'm still working on putting some pictures up from the podcast of things I'm talking about. Um, so just give me be patient with it. But I wanted to get that out there, magiconadollar.com. Visit me on Instagram, magiconadollar. Also on Twitter, I am Disney on a dollar, And on Facebook.com slash Dollar. That's where the main page is. Uh, where my main business page is actually, and go there, and you can do all kinds of, you know, read all kinds of articles and things like that I've posted, and have some fun and whatever, and so on and so forth. So, uh, I would love to help you on your Disney trip as well. Again, um, you know, I'm a Disney travel planner, and I would love to to be there for you. So that's this week's episode, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being part of this episode, part of this podcast from the ground up. I hope you subscribe. Tell a friend. Say, hey, I got this guy named David Dollar. He does a good podcast. It's a fun podcast. I like it. It's about Disney World, about Disneyland, all kinds of Disney stuff. Um, take a listen. Uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast. We need subscribers and leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. Wonderful. If you didn't like the show, would you mind maybe contacting me first? Magic on a dollar podcast uh, at gmail.com. Let me know what you didn't like about it so I can fix it. You feel free to leave the review you want, but I would love to hear feedback if I need it. You know, if I need to from you, be nice about it. Be, be, be pleasant. Um, you know, don't be mean about it. If you just if you just hate me and hate the show, then that's fine. Just don't do anything. Anyway, leave a review, iTunes, uh, subscribe, and so on and so forth. But once again, thank you very much for that. And uh, thank you very much for listening once again. And I am David Dollar with the Magic on a Dollar Podcast, Magic on a Dollar Podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week. Have a magical week. And don't forget to thank a Phoenician.